0: It's Independence Day in Ukraine, a day that we used to not be really part of. They celebrated within Ukraine, but around the world, anyone in a democracy is and should be taking special note today. It's six months since the invasion by Russia into Ukraine, and this day means so much. It means a lot for the future of Ukraine. But Ukraine is us, and it took us a while, or some people a while, to get there. But this has affected just about everything, as we talk about inflation and supply chains. We had the chancellor from Germany here. Where do we get our oil? Who do we do deals with? And how do we, and how do we agree with them? Is economics does it trump everything? Well, no, it doesn't, as we see Germany do a pivot. We've seen the revitalization of NATO. And we've seen countries like Canada step up, trying to be a good ally. We have questions here and in our country, because it is a democracy. We ask questions, are we doing enough? And how could we do more? And here in Canada, those who are from Ukraine are looking at Independence Day in a whole new way. Mark Schweck is joining us live here tonight. Government relations for Ukrainian-Canadian Congress and the chairman of the Stand With Ukraine Committee, Canada. Mark, good evening. How are you doing today? Good evening.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm great, and thank you for having me.
0: All right, Mark, you know, I'm. it's Independence Day, and I'm, people here in Canada celebrate it, as certainly those of Ukraine descent. How is does it feel? We're watching, the whole world is watching Ukraine, and we've seen this incredible defiance and strength and courage, and we're seeing them stand up and say, this may be war, but we will celebrate this day, but also they're sending messages. There is a nervous tension around the world about what will happen next. What are you feeling here in Canada?
1: A couple of things. One is we're watching Ukraine, of course, because that is the motherland of uh, those who come to this country who are Ukrainian. And the celebrations in Ukraine are not existent this year, as they usually have a big parade, massive celebration. What they did instead is pull out all of the, uh, not all of the, but many of the uh, Russian uh, armoured vehicles, tanks, uh, and other types of equipment that was captured, destroyed, and so on. They put it on parade on Khreschatyk, which is the main boulevard, sort of like our university street in Toronto. And they put it on on display for the Ukrainians to see what what their boys and girls are going to fight against what Ukraine said is, okay, we're not going to parade our, our, our folks out this year. Uh, we don't want you to amass, although thousands of people showed up on the main strip to see it. But we said, we want to show you what our kids are up against. Because these are our kids. These are 10, 20, sorry, 20, 30-year-olds maximum who are out there. And they're fighting the, the elite of the Russian armed forces and they're holding them off. It's just an amazing pride that Ukraine has been able to hold them off.
0: It really is, and the whole world is feeling it. I mean, I I felt forever changed. I mean, this incredible sense of good over evil and a reset that made me feel better about a lot of things that I don't feel good about that I'm seeing here today. And seeing NATO, which looked like it was in trouble, and then all of a sudden strength, and yes, more people wanted to join, and the pathways were were made to be quicker for them to do that. It seemed so many positive things. On the other hand, it's six months in. We know that darkness is coming and winter is coming and countries need to heat and feed people. And Vladimir Putin has been counting on this, Mark. Is there a, a sense of tension and fear, maybe, say, right now?
1: Oh, for sure. So let's, let's take toll first of what's happened in six months. Ukraine has lost somewhere around 9,000 troops, um, men and women on the front lines. They've lost about 5,000 citizens officially. Uh, they've had uh, 5 million people um, move to the West, through, uh, through mostly through Poland, but through other countries as well. They have 8 million internally displaced people. So 13 million people have left their homes. It's just an incredible number. Uh, imagine uh, all of Ontario having to move. It's just a huge number when you think about it. When you think about uh, the fact that the cities have been destroyed, the infrastructure has been destroyed. One trillion dollars of one trillion. It's even hard to 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 say it because I don't even know what that means—a trillion dollars. Uh, it's just a huge number. Um, it, it's a huge number to to um, I guess to understand, to comprehend. And Ukraine has underdone all of that, but Ukraine has fought back. In spite of all of that, Ukraine has fought back and held off the second biggest army in the world. It's just incredible for us.
0: It really is. And as we saw that happening, it was supposed to be over in three days and it was six days. And, and you know, I was thinking today of all those early comments and, you know, I'd host panels and they would say, well, we should all brace ourselves. This can't last so long. And look at it. I mean, they have held back Russia And shown it to be not so powerful. Mark, can they win this war? What does the
1: end look like to you? They sure can win this war. Um, Ukraine has shown resilience. Ukraine is on their own land. Ukraine is fighting a war for righteousness, for Europe, for democracy. Ukraine is fighting the war that we all want to be part of, except the uh, NATO countries have resisted. They don't want to engage with Russia. So Ukraine is fighting the the war on behalf of NATO. Can they win it? Sure they can, but you know what they need? They need Western weapons. They need longer range weapons, more of them, and they need uh, absolutely every type of satellite imaging, uh, aircraft uh, imaging that they can get so they can control the skies. They don't have as many planes as Russia. They don't have as many guns as Russia. They don't have as much as many men as Russia, but they sure have shown that they can fight back. And Ukraine needs Western military aid, in particular Western Um, missiles that can fire more than 80 80 kilometers, the ones that can fire 300 kilometers, that'll help Ukraine win the war.
0: Do you think that there is a move that Vladimir Putin could make that gets out of this? You know, we we had this conversation about, I guess, two months in, there was all this, you know, maybe they're going to have talks. Well, that seems to be completely off the table. It has to be off the table here, Mark. Vladimir Putin, things have changed so much. The, the scenario that you've described and we've all watched has changed the place of Russia in the world order. Although we are seeing Vladimir Putin, he was supposed to be on his deathbed. He is not. He clearly is still there. How much of a power and a threat is Russia still right now?
1: Russia's a huge power, a huge threat. Um. And let's not centralize it around Putin. I I try and coach people to say, it's not Putin, it's Russia. Uh, If it's not Putin, it's the next dictator. If it's not the next dictator, it's going to be the third one. They're all out there. Um, Russia is mindset bent, bent on destroying Ukraine, one way or another. We get rid of Putin, we'll get the next person. What we need is for Ukraine to rid Russia from their lands, from Crimea, from eastern Ukraine, to be able to push back Russia once and for all, and never again does Russia invade Ukraine. Otherwise, you know what will happen? They'll invade two years from now again with more people, and you'll have not 5 million people flooding Europe. you have 20 million people flooding Europe. So it's in Europe's best interest to push back on Russia right now immediately. It's economically the right decision. It's the right decision militarily, and it's the right decision morally.
0: How are the people... In Canada, of Ukrainian descent, how are they feeling about Canada and allies right now?
1: Well, first of all, very thankful for Canada, the U.S., Britain in particular. Those three countries have done amazingly well. They support Ukraine. They're in the forefront. How do we feel about the U.S.? Tremendous. They've given a lot. Canada gave some, but Canada used to be a leader. Canada used to be the one that recognized Ukraine's independence, the first Western country to do it. Canada was the first country to recognize the Holodomor, the famine in Ukraine in 1932-33 as a genocide. Canada was the first nation in the West to recognize the elections of 2003 during the Orange Revolution to say that they were illegal, that they were faked, and Canada sent 500 um, observers to to Ukraine to observe those elections. Canada was leading Since then, Canada's sort of taken a back seat. in particular, since this last round of invasion, Canada's no longer that leader. They're following the US, they're following the UK, they're following Europe, but they're not leading anymore. And we'd like Canada to step up and be that leader they used to be.
0: And what does it look like if they lead? Where do they go? What path are they taking there?
1: Well, first thing they should do is is automatic. I mean, they've given half half a billion dollars, which is tremendous, and and again, we thank them. But but half a billion today versus what Ukraine is spending seven billion a month is is a drop in the bucket. So Canada could step up. Second is if you if Canada leads, uh, we should lead by excluding Russia. Say for example from the G twenty, so Canada can lead the G seven to say we're going to exit the G twenty if we don't exclude Russia. Canada can lead by providing more arms. Canada can lead by uh, banning more trade. I mean, the the sanctions they've imposed are good, but they're nowhere near the the level they need to be at. We need to take the top 1,000 people in Russia's military and government and provide sanctions against them and everybody in their family, because guess what they do? They provide a sanction against person a that person flips it to their the assets to their spouse who flips it to their children flips it to their mother-in-law flips it to their cousin and that asset gets moved around and canada should just ban the entire family of the top 1000 people in russia and therefore lead and encourage all the g7 to do the same
0: do you think that Vladimir Putin is about to make another move. That's where the tension. My final question to you: We were all watching after the explosion and the murder, in the car in Moscow. And is he desperate? Is this a sign? I mean, there's lots of analysis that Putin made that happen, so it would serve as an excuse. And now we know there was a bombing today. The last I looked, and I think it was climbing, was 22 were dead in a in a train. Are should we be prepared? for Russia to show what we know is there somewhere, the fear that they will do something outside of the,
1: these atrocities? I think that Putin has done all he can, so so short of a complete conscription of his forces. So he has uh, exhausted his current fleet uh, uh, of uh, airlines, airplanes, he has exhausted his current uh, reserve of battalions, his current reserve of of soldiers, what he's trying to do now is through the back door, uh, embark many people from the poorer districts of Russia to get involved in this war. But guess what? When, when Ukraine started to bomb the uh, uh, airplanes and the um, reserves of ammunition in Crimea, all of a sudden, now you have thousands of people fleeing Crimea, going back to Russia and now telling the true story. So the, the information in Russia has been suppressed. You now have tens of thousands of people crossing the border back to Russia and saying, guess what? There is a war going on. They were still on the beaches. They don't even understand. So that's bringing to light what's going on. So I think Putin's going to get more desperate. Uh, He's going to try and pull out all the cards he can. Uh, The bombing in Russia is a sign that somebody internally in Russia is not happy with him and his allies. I bet you that starts to escalate. Mark
0: Schweck. Government Relations, Ukrainian-Canadian Congress, and the Chairman of the Stand with Ukraine Committee, Canada. Mark, thank you. Nice to talk to you again. Happy Independence
1: Day. As always, thank you.
0: I'm Arlene Bunn, and this is On Point.